Welcome to the Stony Plain Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community that is about discovering fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. Well, good morning, everyone. Great to be with you this morning. For those in the room and those joining us online, we're so glad to have you as part of this launch party this weekend for the ministry year of Stony Plain Alliance Church. And this part of the service where I usually get up or one of the team gets up and uh, preaches a sermon, you, all folks are used to that. This weekend is a little different because I'm uh, joined by my lovely assistant here on my right. This is uh, Clint Mix, and Clint is part of the district team that oversees the health and development of our churches for the Alliance here in Alberta. In fact, in, you know, in every industry there's acronyms and breakdowns so that people can understand things easier. I thought I could introduce Clint as the FED for the WCD of the CNMA in Canada. So if you all remember that for the mealtime afterwards, you can just introduce yourself as that to him too. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, This is our vision weekend. This is a vision series we're starting uh, today as we think about how God is leading Stony Plain Alliance Church today and into the future together. And this is going to be a little different. Clint and I are going to be team teaching and that brings a special thing for us personally and uh, also for the way that we're going to have this, this service go from here on out. So Clint, you've stated that this is a significant day on a number of fronts. How is that for you? Well, as Wade intimated, we have a long history. Uh, many years ago, it's about 25, I was trying to do the math, a church planted in Ontario. I came out of a church where I was overseeing a various ministries. One of them was youth ministries and Wade was actually in high school then. You believe it? That actually was a thing. I was in high school once. Yeah. And so we maintained a relationship. And when we planted a church in uh, Bradford, Ontario, uh, Wade was the first hire. And so one of the neat things is this is actually the third time I've been privileged to, uh, you know, formally do an installation service with Wade. It's going to be a little bit different today, as you'll see, and as Wade will describe. So we have a, a long history of serving together. And Wade actually baptized my wife, and so there's a significant spiritual heritage uh, that we share together. Yeah, you know, when we think about uh, where we are as a church and where we are as a denomination and as the district, I think you'd agree uh, that we're sensing a, paradi- a, par- uh, a shift in paradigm, I'll just say it that way, and a culture shift in how we view leaders and leadership. So typically on a weekend like this, your lead, as the lead pastor, I would kind of be installed, which is kind of an interesting word, like I'm a fixture in the building or something. Like you know, a, it gets installed. Like a Wi-Fi modem, Like actually. a Wi-Fi yeah. modem, exactly. <laughs> uh, but we're sensing and want to live into this idea that God calls more than just one. God calls us all, and so how we're going to demonstrate that today. Clint, how, how are we seeing and viewing leadership and leaders going forward from here? Uh, it's a great question, and, and part of the reason that we're answering this differently is because of who I serve with. So I'm actually a co-leader in my FED, WCD, CMA uh, department, and I co-lead it with your former pastor, uh, Graham English. And one of the things I I simply wanted to say to you is uh, thank you. Uh, Graham's become a dear friend, and many of the good things we're seeing about leadership that's shaping our district uh, come from him, and he speaks so highly of you as a church. And so you need to know that you as a church are having an influence across our district and I believe even across our country, 
as we look at a new way of seeing leadership. So to answer your question, uh, historically when we've done these installation services, churches want a pastor who's somewhat of a, a hero or an expert, someone who could see clearer, see sooner, see further, and rally the troops. But, but it all focuses around that one heroic leader, and, and we're trying to change that. And when it comes to changing that, when you think about the shifts that we can make, because I think we have all seen the impact of that hero leader when it doesn't go well. And there's lots of stories that we could get into all over the place about how that, that charismatic person gets put to the front and say, here we go. But we're talking about a cultural shift. Just describe that to us about what you're thinking about and even as a denomination where we want to be heading and moving away from that. Uh, we really believe that the Spirit of God lives among the people of God. We're going to talk in a little bit as we think of uh, commissioning your staff about our national vision prayer, and part of that is spirit-empowered. And when we can listen to the voice of God in community and, and co-create something, then it's owned by all of us, and it's moved forward by all of us. So many pastors feel this stress of, I've got to be that heroic leader, and seldom do you find someone with that type of gifting, and I think even if you have it, should you do it? We believe in the gifts and the spirit resident among the people of God. And so that's the type of leadership that we're seeking to move toward. And we're absolutely affirming of that. As an Alliance church, you know, how does that definition of, a, of this new way of leadership, which I would actually say is a more Christ-like model of leadership, how does that resonate with who we are as a, a family of churches in the Alliance, of which Stony Plain is a part? We have a national vision prayer for all of our Alliance churches across Canada, and it says this, Oh God, with all our hearts, we long for you. Come transform us to be Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, mission-focused people, multiplying disciples everywhere. Amen. That's exactly what we're after. And for our text this morning, I want to draw us to Ephesians chapter 4. And Clint is going to say a few things out of Ephesians 4 and then going to commission our, our pastoral team. And then I'm going to continue in the text and give a commissioning and blessing over our elders and you as the congregation uh, because the ground is level at the foot of the cross and we all look to Jesus together. And our text is in uh, Ephesians chapter 4 starting in verse 11. So Paul has just talked about the way of love and how that's expressed in the body moving forward. And he says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does, it, does its work. So Clint, as a word to our staff and the pastoral team here, what's God put on your heart for us today? I just love this intersection of Ephesians 4 and our vision prayer. Uh, time doesn't let us unpack everything in Ephesians 4, but one of the lines that jumped out at me was in verse 1 and 2. It was like, be completely humble. Uh, to me, the intersection of that humility and being Christ-centered is so profound, especially for uh, the staff here at Stony Plain. Uh, 
Christ-centered means, coming out of Galatians 2, it, it's no longer I that lives, but it's, it's Christ that lives in me. My identity isn't my role as a, a worship pastor or a preaching pastor or kids pastor. My identity is who I actually am as Christ. Now that's easy to say. It's, it's about Christ. It's not about me. I'm, I'm humble. It's not about my ego. It's way harder to do. Now, Wade, you know this story, and I do some teaching at a seminary still in Toronto and a bit in Ambrose, and I tell this story when I teach on leadership. So, hire Wade. He comes into the church and preaches once, and then on the way out, everybody's telling me, can Wade preach more? I'm like, that jerk's making me look bad. <laughs> the bribes paid off, yeah. I guess, that <laughs> day. Off, Five but, bucks a person. But I remember this kind of shot to my ego about, well, what do I do? I, I, I thought I was the preacher, and well, I'm 10 years older than you. And it, like all of those things kind of flooded through my mind. And I, I actually remember reflecting on it theologically. Uh, in those days, we probably focused more on our fourfold gospel, historically in the Alliance, Christ our Savior, Christ our Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming Thing. And a part of sanctification is this whole idea of, of death to self. And so I thought, if it's about me, Wade doesn't get to preach again. But if it's about death to self, then we started to team teach. And it helped us, I think, both grow in who we are as followers of Christ and as servants. So that was some of it. And you know, a practice that's been helpful to me to live into this comes out of Luke 9, 23. And um, Matthew and Mark say this uh, pretty closely. And even John 12, it says something similar. But in Luke 9, 23, it says this. It's Jesus speaking. If anyone would come after me, they must deny themselves, take up their cross. Luke 9 adds daily and follow me. Mm -hmm. Friends, we all live with ego. We all serve with ego, and, and when you have jobs like this, there's this expectation that you're, you, know, you perform to a degree, and we're called, and staff, all of us are called to live in death to self, and so uh, in a few minutes, I'm going to ask the staff to make this commitment to a Christ-centered life by daily dying to self. And as you talk about that, Clint, I'm just, you know, that is really so much of the heart behind where we want our leadership to go, what's been modeled in the past to continue that into the future that all of us every day taking up that cross, which means death to self and to be filled with the Spirit, so that when anything happens, it is of good. What we want to be able to say, have a community that's essentially saying around us, I mean, you know, we know way, there's no way that could have happened unless it was the Spirit of God, right? <laughs> to say the Lord must be working here and that God receives all the glory and honor out of the service that we bring. And that really is our heart behind leadership here. So it begins with Christ-centered. We move then to Spirit-empowered. What would you like to say to the the team about being spirit-empowered. Uh, there's another great line out of Ephesians 4, and it says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. Uh, we observe it in any industry, but certainly you can see it in a church staff as well, where if you haven't died to self, if you're not Christ-centered, we, we lead out of ego. We lead to prove ourselves, and then we bring a bunch of people together all trying to be the best, and there is a lack of a spirit of unity. I've been gripped over the years by part of Jesus' prayer in John 17, and Jesus prays this, may they be one as we are one. Mm -hmm. May 
the staff at Stony Plain, may the church, may the people of God be united as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are united. Then the world will know that God loves them. Then the world will know that God loves Jesus. So there's this idea of, of unity that needs to come in. And so for a staff to live in death to self, spirit-empowered, there's a unity to that. But there's some other dynamics about being spirit-empowered that, that I would want to encourage the staff to embrace. Uh, Galatians 5 contrasts the kind of the, the sin life, the self life, with the spirit life. And in Galatians 5, it reminds us that the spirit-empowered life is marked by love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. I guarantee you, a Stony Plain Church, you want your pastors to exude those characteristics or those fruit of the spirit as you lead. But there's another dynamic that, that's so essential for this spirit-empowered life. It's not just living a holy life, that's foundational and essential. But I'm reminded of the words of Luke in Acts chapter 1, where he would say, uh, recording the last words of Jesus, that you know, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then you'll be effective witnesses in you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, or Stony Plain, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and to the very ends of the earth. And, and so we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit for holy living, for unity, for effective service. And wait, as I was prepping for this, you know, a passage jumped out at me, you know, a little more for you than the rest of the staff, or maybe for you and the other uh, teachers here. And it comes from Acts chapter 18, and there was this radically gifted communicator, like you've brought on your staff here. And his name was Apollos. And he was preaching the way of Jesus very well. But this couple, Priscilla and Aquila, they, they met with him, and they said, have you experienced the baptism in the Spirit? And they're like, well, no. And it, the text says they explain to him more fully the way of God. And so I'd say to you, as a, the primary communicator here, but to all of your staff, don't settle. Do not settle for the good things you can do with the competencies that you bring. Uh, wait, I know you well. I'm getting to know your staff well as uh, also. A highly gifted group who can do great things don't settle. <laughs> you can do amazing things if you live in death to self and spirit empowerment that go way beyond yourself. So uh, a practice is, for me has come out of Luke eleven thirteen, just a simple prayer. And it says, ask the Father, and the Father will give you the spirit. So pretty soon, in just a, a couple of minutes, we're going to ask the staff to do that. And I think with the whole, I, the whole invitation to be filled with the Holy Spirit, again, there can be this temptation that hey, we're going to be unified, we're going to be focusing on Jesus, of course, we're you know, spirit-empowered. You know, I had a, a preaching prof one, one time say, in every sermon you have to get to the so what, right? So all of this to what end? I mean, is it just good information? Is it just kind of the holy huddles here at the church? Are we just focusing on that stuff? Or is it translate into something of meaning and power and transformation? And so take us into that last part of the prayer, because it's Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and then to mission-focused. Uh, to add what you said, you know, is it a holy huddle? Is it everything else? Some, sometimes I worry our, our focus on the work of the Spirit in our life can become almost a spiritual narcissism where it's just about us. And uh, one of my kind of academic mentors uh, wondered out loud, you know, have we truly met God in prayer or in renewal if we don't turn our faces toward mission? 
And as we intersect that with Ephesians 4, uh, some of the verses that were read, you know, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, uh, God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, uh, shepherds, teachers, to equip saints for the work of the ministry. And so for staff, uh, yes, you need to model the mission of God, as, as Stony Plain has in its statements, the reconciliation of all things. But the primary role of your staff is not to be the hero who does everything, but to equip and to release people, release kids workers who love serving children or, or youth workers or worship leaders or those who are gifted in administration, those who are gifted in communication or uh, multiplication of small groups. Uh, you, you know, I'd say to you, Wade, one of the things people say, I, I served in Ontario for about 25 years and came back to Alberta where I was born and raised, and people say, well, what do you see that's different? And sometimes I think there's enough oil money left in Alberta that we continue to pay our pastors to do ministry to us and mission for us. And it's not biblical, and it'll mean the church is going to be stymied. Uh, we read Ephesians 2 a little, little, little earlier in this service, and it's that reminder, we're not just saved from something, you're saved by grace through faith, it's not of yourselves. Verse 10 reminds us in Ephesians 2, we're actually saved to something. The good works that God's prepared in advance for us to do. And for those who have been called to be pastors here, those good works are equipping people for the mission of God, the reconciliation of all things. So at this time, I want to call uh, our pastoral team up. And uh, Clint is going to pray a prayer of blessing and commissioning over us. And he's also going to give some instruction to, the, to you, the congregation, both at home, online, and those in the room about how we can participate in this commissioning and blessing. So Clint, would you guide us in that? Yeah, thanks, staff, for coming. If you're comfortable, would you, would you stand and just kind of raise your hands as a symbol that we're in this together, and you'll be commissioned soon. And at this point, we're going to just pray a, a prayer of commission over the staff. Um, I'll, I'll, Matt, you get picked on. Maybe, Wade, I could pick on you over here. Just if, if you're comfortable, I know we still have a bit of a COVID scare here. Uh, but just to... to Lay hands or like touch each other's shoulders, if, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Cool. Jesus, I thank you for this staff. I thank you that before the creation of the world, you called them and you equipped them to here and now. Lord, I pray that they would be Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and mission-focused. Lord, I pray that they would daily die to self, take up their cross, and follow you. I pray that they would daily ask you, Father, to fill them with the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Father, that they would join you in your mission, the redemption and reconciliation of all things, that they would invest their lives into the lives of those standing here with their hands raised. Lord, I pray for, I pray for Kimberly. Lord, that you would allow her to serve well, to lead in, in an executive role, an administrative role. Lord, we pray for Linda not here, that you would continue to work in her body and raise her to wholeness and completeness and allow multiplication to take place in her life. Jesus, I pray for Amanda, and I thank you that you love kids way more than we do, and that she would allow them to experience the joy of knowing you and that many leaders would be built up. I thank you for Matt, and I ask that he would model in special ways what it means to be Christ-centered and spirit-empowered as he seeks to empower a church to do the same.
Lord, I pray for Ben as he raises up youth leaders and young people that many people would come to know you and be called uh, to serve you. And I thank you for Shalene, and I pray, even as we did this morning, that we could experience worship in new and fresh ways. Lord, I pray you'd fan the flame of the gifts that are resident among the staff. Holy Spirit, blow in those embers, we pray. Heighten them as they enter this new season of ministry. And Lord, is this that a new time, a new era. Lord, if there are gifts that are needed by your Holy Spirit so that this staff can serve you even more effectively, Jesus, I pray you would give those gifts to your staff now. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Friends, I, I needed to ask you, will you commit yourselves to being Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and mission-focused? Yeah. Yes, we, we will. will. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Keep you keep your jobs. You can be seated. Thank you. And, uh, you know, team, as they're walking out here, the, come back in a minute to pray over us. Um, I try to communicate this as, as well as I can to that team that you just saw up here, uh, but in front of you, I want you to know, uh, man, I love you guys so much. I do. I really love you, and one of the great privileges of my ministry life is already serving with you. You got a great team here in those people, and uh, I'm just so happy to be serving alongside them. You know, there's a few things in the text that I read this, uh, that read just a little bit ago uh, that answers the question of, so what does this mean for the congregation? What does this mean uh, for us as a church body? You know, Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians and to actually a group of churches that were surrounded by both immense difficulty and high opportunity. They were living in a time when the pressures of the societies in which they lived were trying to squeeze out from them the way of Jesus. And it would have just been so easy for those churches that the Apostle Paul was writing to, to fall back into patterns that just allowed them to operate kind of with ease in their society. And that they were being called to this way of Jesus that was running countercultural and counterintuitive against everything in their world. And so Paul's writing this letter to this group of churches to essentially say, there is this way of love. And from Paul's pastor's heart, he paints a picture of what the church is like at its best. That's what Ephesians 4 is doing. And I know churches struggle, and there's pain in people's lives as a result of the church not being what it is intended to be. Sometimes the way of Jesus gets hijacked and distorted by people with other motives, and we know that's happened historically in the church, but it doesn't change the fact that there is unspeakable potential for us to see our world transformed when the church is actually at its best, not at its worst. That Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, has empowered a group of people just like this to be his transforming force of love in the world. And so our text tells us that the church is at its best when there's a few things happening. And here's what I want to share from my heart to yours. As Paul shared to that, those churches in Ephesus, this is what I see in the text. The church is at its best when together we're pursuing unity by knowing Jesus. That's in verse 13. Imagine that experience. It says you will experience the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You know, as followers of Jesus... We are constantly in this way of growth, and that's what we're called to. And yet Paul says when the church is operating at its best, it's one sense saying, Wade, you can experience Christ for sure. You know, others of you, you can experience Christ, but if you want to experience the fullness of Christ, you're going to all have to come together. You're going to have to come together in unity to have that experience of the measure of the fullness of Christ. 
And so much can divide us, can't it? I mean, think of the last couple of years. Not that anything big has happened in our world and our culture that could possibly divide anybody. But just imagine with me for a minute, there's been some divisive things that have happened. Do you notice how often the conversations around division had nothing to do with Jesus? We weren't disagreeing about the person of Christ. See, there's so much that divides us. There's so much that can potentially divide us. And so for us, how about at Stony Plain Alliance Church, how about we fix our eyes on Jesus together? Why doesn't he become the focus of our prayer and our ministries and our conversations and that we can experience his presence to the full? Because unity doesn't just come by trying hard or exercising willpower relationally. Unity comes by knowing the person of Christ, and he is the great unifier. So as a church, let's get to know Jesus better in the days ahead. Second thing that's in the text is that the church is at its best when we're becoming mature by following Jesus. That's in verse 15. You know what the New Testament has to say about the immature and the mature? It actually lays out for us how you can tell the difference between the immature and the mature spiritually. It essentially says this, immaturity is related to a grasping for power or the need for more influence or demanding our way. For those that have little ones in your lives, have you ever heard a two-year-old say, mine, it's mine, and anything they see, they grab and it's mine? You know, spiritually that happens no matter how old or young we get. If we're not mature in the Lord, if we're living as immature ones, here's what will happen. You'll have people everywhere just grasping for their preference and wanting their way. But there's a better way. Because the New Testament said maturity, on the other hand, is related to surrender and acknowledging the leadership of Jesus. The world says mine. As the church, we say it's his. And we surrender to the leadership of Jesus. To be a church that is mature, that is deep, that is strong, that can stand through the storms, that whatever happens around us, it comes to this kind of posture where we happily surrender. We happily surrender all that we have and all that we are into the control, into the leadership of Jesus Christ, who is always good to us. I said it back in June when I first began here as, as one of your pastors. It was part of our congregational meeting, and we prayed into this, and I'm saying it again, and we'll probably hear it again in the, in the years to come. This is just this declaration at Stony Plain Alliance Church. Jesus is the leader. He is the head of the church, and together we're all following him. Amen. Amen. And that's what we're living for. And I am so comfortable with response. Amens, hallelujahs, whatever else. You know, my mom's in the room today and she's loving hallelujahs and amens. So you just make her comfortable by joining in with that. You know, lastly, the church is at its best when we are growing in love by working with Jesus. It says that in verse 16. Notice it says that as a body, we grow and are built up in love as what? As each of us does the work to which we've been called. Friends, Jesus has given each of us a work to do, a work to be done that collectively will result in the power and love of God being unleashed on the world. And we talk about this a lot. We don't have to look far. When we're assessing how things are in our communities, in the wider province, in our country, in our world, it doesn't take long to see that there's some transformation needed in the world. When you think of the issues of poverty and injustice, of discrimination, and all the things that are dividing people, can you capture a vision like when Jesus says, Father, won't your kingdom come? 
your kingdom to come here, and your will to be done right here on earth, just like it is in heaven. The message of Jesus was not about escapism to another reality. It was about bringing the reality of love into this broken and dark world. That's the good news that Jesus came to unfold for us. And now he says, over his church, not any one of you is going to get all the gifts or all the passion or whatever else, but Jesus essentially says, I'm going to take everything that's important to me, and I'm going to dispense that by my Holy Spirit into the church. And everyone's given an assignment, and everyone's given a gift, and everyone's given a passion. And when the church starts to live into that, you actually come together in this unified force of love where each one isn't trying to get to the front, but each one pushing each other forward, spurring one another on to love and good deeds. And what happens in that is the transformation of the world happens when the church is at its best. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, change the world. And I remember even as a high school student in uh, Clint's uh, youth group, which makes him super old. I just wanted to get that in there. You know, I dreamed of, I want to change the world, I want to change the world, I want to change the world. You know, just in the last few months, I've had a, a different way of speaking about that. What if we imitated God, and instead of trying to work hard to change the world, what if we just started to love the world? John 3.16, what did God do? God so loved the world. He loved the cosmos so much that he came and he gave. What if in the actions of love and of service and of using our gifts, that if we just say we are going to love the world, we're going to love the people of this world, what if that is the impetus for change and all the change we're longing to see? Stony Plain Alliance Church is not a church full of spectators or observers of ministry. This is a church where each one of us is being blessed and commissioned today to join Jesus in sharing his love with the world. And that doesn't mean just serving here within the walls of this church. Volunteering counts. There's a ministry fair that Kimberly's going to be talking about in just a minute where you can give of your gifts and your, your talents in the outpouring of God's love to the world, but it's not just that. There's all sorts of serving that's happening in our wider community. You know, for those of you that serve at the food bank, you know, every time you organize that food or give it to someone in need, you're doing that as unto Christ, and we count that as a ministry of Stony Plain Alliance Church. Every time you're praying or interceding, for the outpouring of God's love into the world, whether anyone ever sees that or not, I want you to hear today that counts in the kingdom. And if you've been given the gift of intercession, I want to call out that gift, keep praying. That counts as using the gifts that God has given you in the outpouring of his love to the world. As an artist, when you're creating, when you're painting, when you're writing that song, or developing that poem, or sculpting something, or playing music, I want to say in the name of Jesus, that counts as using your gift in the kingdom in the outpouring of love. When you're coaching soccer, when you're coaching hockey or any other sport, you know, sometimes we say, well, I'm not really doing that at the church, so it maybe doesn't count. I want to tell you, every time you're interacting with people and doing it in the way of love, you do that as unto Christ. And your coaching and your influence of young people, it counts. And we see that as a ministry of Stony Plain Alliance Church. And all of your encouraging, and all of your feeding, and all of your visiting, and all of your coaching and praying and meeting, Friends, that's how the unleash of the power of God through his love happens in the world when each one of us is doing the work we're called to. So whatever your work is, we're doing it in partnership with Jesus. And in so doing, we will discover that our lives are becoming increasingly defined by love more than anything else. So friends, at Stony Plain Alliance Church, the church here, we want to be defined as those who are pursuing unity 
by knowing Jesus, that we're becoming mature by following Jesus as our true leader, and then we're going to grow in love by working with Jesus on the things that are most important to his heart. And that's what I want to commission you forward to. And so I'm going to actually invite um, our kids, Matt, do you want to, all the kids are going to come in too in just a minute. As they're coming in, I just love messy and chaos, right? You kind of get that sense of both things. We're going to have, they're going to stay with their teachers. If they try to run to you, push your children away and have them go back, back to their teacher. That's where the oversight's happening right now. Um, They're going to just take a minute, but as they're coming in to join us just in the aisles as I pray a prayer over you and our staff is going to pray over you. Uh, this is your moment to be sent. And as they come, I want to invite our elders. That We have an elders team. Not all could be with us this weekend, but if you're on our elders board, just come on up to the platform with me here right now. Yeah, we got Sue and Jack, Clark, Rob. Rob's here. Lene is here. Great. Yeah, come on in, kids. You guys can just hang in the aisles. Yeah, come on over. Elders team, we're going to just move some stuff out of the way here. Some reorganizing. Yeah, come on in. Oh, man, I love when the kids come in. Come on in, guys. How are you? You having fun in class? Awesome. Come on in. Yeah. Welcome, guys. So as they come in, I want to pray a prayer of blessing over our, our elders team. And so we have some of our elders board here, and they serve as some of the spiritual leaders and directors over this body. And so, congregation, I'm going to ask you to stand. Would you stand right now? And uh, as the staff was blessed and commissioned, we're going to bless and commission this elders team for this ministry year. And then after that, I'm going to invite the staff team and the elders to go along the front, and then we're going to bless and commission you, because everyone's getting blessed today. No no one's missing out today. And so with an extended hand, uh, I want to bless you elders. Would you join me in extending a hand of blessing towards them? So elders board of Stony Plain Alliance Church, we now bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We bless you with a fresh empowerment of the Holy Spirit. God, as we've already talked about today, we absolutely can bring our skills and our talents and our abilities, but we need so much more than that. And over this team, I pray for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit for the days ahead for which we will desperately need. God, I pray that you would give them a spirit of encouragement, that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and discernment, that as we face difficult and tricky decisions and the things that are like minefield spirits that we're discussing or working through, because so much is at stake with the lives of people, we say over this team, we thank you for your service and may the very power of God himself and the presence of Jesus be around you. I think of Psalm 23 today as I was praying for you before the service and how even though we walk through difficult times, it says the rod and staff, that is the leadership of Jesus goes beside you and that goodness and mercy is following you every single day of your lives. And in those backward glances, even when things get tough, the backward glances when we see the goodness and mercy right behind us, moving us forward into the way of Jesus. And so as we live together into fullness of life for everyone, by practicing in the way of Jesus, would you as a team, along with our staff, be the first practicers, the way that are setting the way for the way of Jesus for this church? And we bless you, again, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, amen. I'm going to invite you to go down front. Staff, we want to spread it along the front. And kids, here's what we're doing. You didn't get to be mostly part of this service. You guys are such an important part of the church. 
There isn't like a church of tomorrow. We all get to be the church of today. My name's Wade, by the way, for those who haven't met me. Nice to see you all. Uh, and we're going to pray over you. We're going to pray over the bigger, older people behind you. A prayer of blessing. And so church, I'm going to invite you, instead of doing this to bless, now congregation, would you put your hands out to receive? And this is a way of receiving the blessing of God as uh, those who've been entrusted with the equipping role over you, we want to say we believe in you. We're with you. And the things that God is unfolding in the days ahead is going to take all of us in the power of Jesus doing it together. And so in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, people of Stony Plain Alliance Church, whether you've been here a day or 90 years, whatever it is, 83 years, I guess the most could be, whether you've been here since day one or this is your first day, people of Stony Plain Alliance Church, we now, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we bless you with a spirit of unity. Would each of us be pursuing unity together by knowing the person of Jesus intimately? Lord, I pray that within this body, you would stir in us a passion for the scriptures, for the ways of prayer, for the sharing of the good news and for making disciples of those around us. God, keep us unified. When everything in the world and everything of darkness wants to see us divided, we're going to say today over this, over this group of people, over this body, that the darkness is going to get pushed back when we unify around the person of Jesus. And that's what we want to see. As we bless you as a unified body, we bless you today as a mature body, those who are going deep into Jesus by following him. And we declare again, Jesus, you are the head of the church. You are the leader of Stony Plain Alliance and you are the leader of our lives. And we happily surrender all control to you. And we're going to follow you in the days ahead. And we bless you as well as a people growing in love by working with Jesus. And Father, I do pray a fresh outpouring of your gifts, the gifts of the Spirit upon these people, young and old, it doesn't matter, whatever age, a fresh outpouring of the gifts of the Spirit for this time and place to see the glory and majesty of Jesus celebrated in places like Stony Plain and Spruce Grove and Parkland County. And God, we want to work at it together. We don't do this for you, Jesus, as much as we do it with you. You are doing the work and we're joining you in your great kingdom activity under your rule and reign. And so church, I bless you. We bless you together, your team, these elders, in the way of Jesus going forward. And with the testimony be in the days to come, this is a church that has been inspired by the Holy Spirit, living the life of Jesus for the transformation and love of this world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So you can be seated, and kids, you get to go back to class for just a bit before the barbecue begins. Did you guys know there's food today? Did you guys know we're having food today? Yep. Yep, follow your teachers back. One wave to maybe parents or grandparents. You're allowed one wave. As they go, they'll come get you in a little bit, kids. Thanks for being in here. As a way of sealing what we've prayed about today, I'm going to now lead us... Uh, by coming to the table of communion. And the worship team, you can come on up. Join Shaleen on the platform. So I hope you got one. If you didn't get the elements when you came in, there's tables at the back there. And I'd love each of you who are willing to come and take the bread and the cup, and we're going to take communion together to seal by the Holy Spirit and in unity what we've talked about here today. And then we're going to declare with full voices majesty and goodness of God. I also wanted to say, I forgot to mention this at the front, just while we're getting the elements ready. Uh, and then over the next few weeks, 
we're calling this our vision month. And uh, so next week I'll be preaching on fullness of life for everyone. Then the week after, Matt's going to be teaching about by practicing the way of Jesus together. And then Kimberly's going to finish our series on vision with what God has put on her heart for us. For the next number of weeks, we're going to get a sense of vision and direction about what God has put on our hearts collectively in the direction we're to go. And we're really looking forward to that. Hope you'll join us for it. But now we take the bread. And I want you to hold it in your hands. I want you to break it with me. And as always, I want to give this direction. If there's anything on your heart and mind about, am I allowed to take the bread? Uh, I would say this. The table is open to all whose confession is this, that I am one in need of God's mercy. That's who the table's for. And if you're here today or you're online, you're like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need mercy. I'm fine without it. Then I invite you just not to partake because this table is open to all. Everyone, anyone, no matter what's happening in your life, how good or bad you might feel, if you're a person that says, I'm in need of God's mercy and I'm surrendering to him, then that's why we take the, that's why we take the bread. Because it says we break the bread and we break the bread together. And Jesus said, this is my body which is broken for you. And that means in all of our brokenness, Jesus comes with his wholeness. And the great exchange happens when we surrender our brokenness to him and he gives us his wholeness to live a full and abundant life. And so with the bread in hand, we remember Jesus to live into his way, to know him, to follow him, and to work with him in the ways of love and mercy. Let's partake together. And then we take the cup. And the cup is a symbol of a covenant, it's a symbol of a promise of what it means to be full. We all come into life, we all come into days with a sense of emptiness that we're not enough and we can't measure up and we just wish we could do better. And the good news of the gospel is this, just trying harder to earn favor with God will never work. We need to be filled by the very presence of Jesus. And as we drink together, that's what we're saying. God, we bring our emptiness to you. We say it. We don't have enough. But Jesus, you are our all-sufficient one, and we trust in you. And by mercy and love, we are now filled with the very goodness of Jesus. Because for everything we're going to be talking about, friends, what we need most is more of the presence of Jesus. And as we drink together in just a moment, that's what we're saying. Jesus, it's your fullness that we're longing for. And so let's drink together knowing that Jesus is the one who fills us and gives us life. Father, thank you so much for this church. Thank you for the way that you're leading and guiding us in this, these days as our true leader, the head of the church. And I just want us to pause here for a moment before we declare through singing some truths. And let's just ask, out of everything that's happened this morning, what is the Holy Spirit asking you to respond to? Is there a word of surrender that needs to be spoken, a confession that needs to be made, an affirmation you want to speak to the Lord? For all the movement through this service, would you pause and simply say, Jesus, what is it you're wanting me to pay attention to? How can I obey you today and what you've laid on my heart? And let's just take a moment to consider.
Jesus, it is our privilege and pleasure to follow you. You are so good to us. Can't imagine life without you. And so God, in the days ahead, as we are unified, as we're growing deep in maturity, as we're working in the ways of love, I just think of how many people in the communities around us, in one sense, without them even knowing it, are just longing for us to be about the right thing so that they can experience life in you. And then maybe a year from now, we're opening this baptism tank here and testimony after testimony is going to be told because we made the right decisions today about what it means to follow you. And there'll be a gratitude in the tri-region, a gratitude unto God that Stony Plain Alliance Church was active in love and that lives have been changed forever. So whatever difficulty may come, whatever we have to persevere, Jesus, it's with you, it's for you. And we will stand with you as our leader and follow in your way. And we're going to declare that in song. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to stand. And as we sing, uh, just know this, uh, I do love you very much. I'm so privileged to be part of this church with you. There are good days ahead. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. To discover more about Stony Plain Alliance Church and its ministries, visit our website at spaconline.com. Grace and peace.